of my own blood. He didn't pass me by. He stopped and cleansed me up. Hallelujah. Thank God he's worthy. He's worthy of your praise. He's worthy of your praise. He's worthy of your praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I won't be before you long. Um, I'm standing in the stead of my pastor. I thank God for him. I hope he's getting rest, but I thank God for him. Brother Tierney said something the other day that I've been pondering on, and it's true. The more and more that God elevates him, the more and more we get elevated. And that's a blessing. It's a blessing. But you may be seated this evening. I'm setting my timer. I have some notes here, and I told myself I have a, a certain time. I told myself I'm not going to go over. Um, to be strong, you don't have to be long, amen? <laughs> if you can turn with me to the book of Matthews, chapter 15. This is something that the Lord put in my heart. Every time I tried to go over my notes yesterday and today, I would preach myself happy. <laughs> and and I, I never was able to complete all the way through. So we're going to get through it tonight, hopefully. If not, then we're going to get happy in this place. Oh, I will. Amen. Matthew chapter 15, starting at verse 34. And Jesus said unto them, how many loaves have thee? And they said, seven and a few little fishes. And he commanded that the multitude to sit down on the ground. Verse 36 says, and he took the seven loaves in the fishes and gave thanks and broke them. And gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. I want to read 36 again. He said, it took, he took up, he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks and broke them. And gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Lord, I ask right now in the name of Jesus, God, let me open your word this evening and be honest to the text, Lord God, and declare your word and what you put on my heart. Hallelujah. I ask, Lord God, that this word minister to my brothers and sisters the way it ministered to me and strengthen me and encourage me, Lord God. I ask these things in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to come to you tonight with the title, Give Thanks. Give Thanks. Now, all of the scriptures I could have came out of, 
I started with that. I, I'm going to come back to that when I'm closing. But just simply give thanks. I know we are a Pentecostal churches, church and we, we're used to, you know, having exuberant praise and, you know, you know, some people come in and, and, and not used to our style of worship. We are very joyful people. We are been brought out. We are blood washed people. I don't see how people come in church and say, sit down and not respond. You know, some people clap their hands. I understand some people are not as emotional or as, as vibrant as some other people are. But I don't understand how some people could come in the house of the living God and not move and not do anything. Give thanks. I, I looked at the definition of thanks, and it simply is to express gratitude, to express appreciation, or just to acknowledge. Just to acknowledge. And when I say that, I acknowledge the, the, the scripture come to my mind, which is one of my favorite scriptures, is Proverbs 3 and 6, when it says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. I never looked at that as a Thanksgiving scripture. You know, I look at it as, okay, before I do this, Lord, what you want me to do? You know. But it, acknowledging him is a form of giving thanks. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, Paul tells the, the church of Thessalonica, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's actually a commandment for us to give thanks. It's not a law of Moses commandment, but it's more of a law of liberty commandment. The perfect law of liberty. It's like that song say, we are free to run. We are free to dance. We are free to live for you. And we are free to show gratitude unto the living God. You know, commandments come about not just because God is in control and he wants things done just the way he wants it, which is okay with me because he's God. But when God lays out a commandment, he does it for our sake and for our benefit. In Galatians and Colossians 3, if you could turn there with me, chapter 3, starting at verse... 15, it says, and let peace, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to that which also you are called in one body and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever you do in word and in deed, do all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God in the Father by him. Now, it tells you to let peace, let the peace of God rule in your heart. How do you do that? 
By giving thanks. Don't you know when you have a spirit of gratitude, it, it, it transforms anxieties into peace. It transforms anxieties into peace. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing. Other translation says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Jesus was talking in John 14 and 1, and he t was telling them, believe in me. If you believe in God, believe also in me. But he was telling them, don't let your hearts be troubled. Being thankful is not an a, a attitude that we have to muster up of our own will. We're not thankful because I have a strong willpower and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm strong and I'm disciplined and I thank God that I didn't do wrong because of my own strength. But I realize my thankfulness comes from my belief in God and knowing who God is and God being in total control. My thankfulness comes from knowing that God sits on the throne and he rules and have all authority. No matter what come my way, what test the trial that I face, I know that God is in control. And I know that his promises are sure. His word is sure. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 that all the promises are in him, yea, and in him, amen. Do anybody got a yea and amen in their spirit? No matter what come their way, I know that God is doing something. And I'm going to humble myself under his mighty hand. And my answer will be yea and amen. Because his promises will come to pass. The Bible says in Romans 11 and 36, For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. When the saints have that perspective, they don't get too shook by little things that come their way, little bad news or some illness or even death. But the Bible asks a question, whose report will you believe? When you do whatever you do in word or in deed in the name of Jesus, you are giving thanks to God through him. All of his promises is in him. Everything that he's doing in your life is culminating to his will. In Ephesians, we read it already, it says that giving thanks always for all things in the name of Jesus. When I was reading that, I was thinking, I say, in the name of Jesus, you know, us being apostolics, we love being in the name of Jesus. We, we get buried in his name, and we are, we, we are called his name over our children and over every situation we come. But when we give thanks, we should do it in the name of Jesus. And I was thinking, I wonder why so many people have doubt and fear and anxieties and, and grumbling and complaining 
A lot of times they're not in Jesus. They're not in his will. They're not in that context. What they're holding on is not Christ. They're holding on to their job or they're holding on to their money or holding on to what they feel brings them security. And all it is is sink and sand that they're holding on to. But if you're in Christ Jesus, you have nothing to worry about this evening. If you are buried with him in baptism, if you have put on Christ, you have a reason to thank God this evening. To be grateful. You have all the reason in the world to thank God. Being in Christ, I remember wanting to do things my own way and being disobedient willfully. I know what God said, but I did it my own way still. And I found myself, like that song says, sinking, sinking far from the peaceful shore. Found myself sinking never to rise anymore. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. Have anybody got that testimony this evening? And he heard me and he lifted me. And he set me in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I don't deserve to be in here. I don't care who my mama or daddy is. I don't care what I've done. I've, I've, I've lifted my hand high and transgressed the law of God. But he still seemed fit, hallelujah, to call me as a son and to bring me into his fold, hallelujah, with a strong arm and a strong hand he did it. I just want to testify a little bit. When I say a strong hand and a strong arm, I'm meaning I had, I, I, I used to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. That nicotine is, they say nicotine is more addictive than heroin. And I believe it. I never did heroin, but I, that, that nicotine demon is for real. That ain't nothing to play with. You indulge in the lust of the flesh and you, 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 you get involved with alcoholism and different things like that. You become clinic and, 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 and you become dependent on those things. And, and, and it's hard to break from those things. But God can come along with a strong arm and deliver you and snatch you out of those things. Sometimes you, you, you don't even know, you, you, you thought you had a handle on it, but it got a handle on you. And it ain't going to take nothing but the hand of God that's going to come with a mighty hand and snatch you up out of it. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage somebody that might have a son or a daughter that's involved in some chemical addiction or something like that. And they don't seem like they want to get better or they don't want to have nothing to do with church. It's going to take a strong hand of God to snatch them up out of that. And how many know that he's willing to do that? He's able to do it. Hallelujah. Never stop being thankful. Because what he's done for me, he'll do for another. Hallelujah. I don't get scared. I, I, I sometimes have the way that the world is going. I look at my children and, and, and sometimes fear will try to grip my heart. They're doing all types of damnable things in this world. And I mean, I'm only 34 years old. Things that was just 15 years ago. Accepted now. And I'm wondering how's my children going to look at that and how is they going to respond to that? But I don't care what devil in hell come against them. I have a God that have a strong arm. Hallelujah, that can deliver. Hallelujah. But being in Christ, you have all the reason to be thankful. There are some serious consequences, especially with a child of God when you find yourself unthankful. 
You find yourself looking at your problems and your challenges more than what you're looking at what God is able to do. Do you find yourself murmuring and complaining? Being unthankful makes people very critical. They look at other people and what they got and what they don't have, why they doing what they doing with what they got, and if I had it, I'd be doing this, they should be doing that. That's not of God. What you have, be content with and thank God for it. And whatever your brother and sister have, thank God with them. Rejoice with them. It's the snare of the devil. You give place to the devil when you indulge in covetousness and greed. It shows a lack of growth. It shows immaturity. You know, it's like a teenager. I know that most of them is upstairs, so. You know, teenagers, I know when I was a teen, I feel like I should get these pair of Jordans. I should have this, I should have that. And don't realize and understand the sacrifice that my parents made to give me those things. But just me having a roof over my head and food in a refrigerator, you take for granted. And for people that be unthankful and take God for granted, that shows a lack of growth. It shows immaturity. And anything that's not growing is dying. We know that everything we have come from God. And we are not deserving of anything. But it's by God's grace that we have everything. The Bible says we, we are given everything that pertaineth unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Through the acknowledge of him. Amen. There is different forms of idolatry that you fall into. Being unthankful. You find yourself wanting things your way, when you want it, how you want it, and why. I did this, so I should get that. Well, I thought God was going to bring me out then, but okay, he did it that way. And, but you have your own roadmap mapped out and, and want to give God your resume and say, this is how I think you should do it. That's idolatry. And when it don't come out the way you want it, you grumble and complain. You have carnal expectations. And that's a form of idolatry. You'll find yourself in trouble. The Bible says, for we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain that we can carry nothing out. But with food and raiment, let us be content. There is another thing that being unthankful do. It robs you from having clear divine revelation. It masks you from opportunities. You know, I, 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 I try to teach my children to pay attention, to, to, to watch their surroundings. But if you only focus on the negative and the challenge and the problem, the illness, the sickness, and not focusing on what God can do, you will miss what God is doing in, the, in that situation. It, it will blind you. It, it, will, it will have you in darkness. There is a scripture, it's a few of them I'm going to read, where it shows the dangers of being unthankful. In Hebrews, 
it gives a warning, please take heed, my brother, lest there be any of you with an evil heart or a hardened heart. Here it is where the children of Israel was delivered out of bondage. It was bondage. They were slaves in Egypt. God did a miraculous miracle, brought them on dry land, gave them food from heaven, water out of a rock, and they still murmured and complained. They murmured and complained and, t- and tempted God. And the Bible records that God swore in his wrath that they should not enter into his rest. The Bible actually records it as this. He scattered their carcasses in the wilderness. Being unthankful is, 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 can be very critical and dangerous. If you look in the book of Romans, chapter 1, if you go there with me, chapter 1 and verse 21. If you're familiar with the Bible, the book of Romans give a very stark look of what happens when men fall into perversion and, 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 and healthy mindedness and thinking they're wise. And you see what happens when they become unthankful. The Bible says because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their own imagination, and their foolish hearts was darkened. And the Bible goes on and record that he turns them over unto themselves to do that which is not convenient. And it just shows how far and how unnatural it is for us not to be thankful. All that lewd living and sinful things that Romans, that Paul described here, it start with an unthankful heart. If you go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, Second Timothy chapter 3. It's a companion scripture to what we just read. It states that chapter 3, verse 2, for men shall be lovers of themselves, covetousness, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, and it goes on and goes on, but in the middle of all that, men become unthankful and it exposes them to some of the worst lewd living that you can think of. Not giving God his due glory and, and recognition and acknowledgement. Here you see it's a contrast to all the other things that is going on, but I, I, I was looking at this, this list and you see that the unsaved man, he tries to manipulate his way, manipulate the world around him, and he thinks that everything happens because of luck or happenstance. And he tried to manipulate his way to find some type of enjoyment in that. 
And when he find it, he's happy. But when he don't, that's when bitterness and sadness and grief sets in. But a child of God, we operate in a whole different realm. We know that we don't have to manipulate anything. We don't have to try to underhand or lie and steal and cheat to try to get ahead. We acknowledge him. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And we know that nothing is outside that realm of all things. Death, life, health, nothing is outside of that all things work together. My God uses all things. So no matter what situation you're in, find yourself to be grateful. Have a spirit of gratitude in that situation because God is working all things. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Yes, Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundance of grace may be through the thanksgiving of many redone to the glory of God. All things that God do is for your sake. God loves you. you, 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 what, you what you bring to the table is nothing but your obedience. If you look at the old sacrificial code in the Old Testament, all those sacrifices was done away with in Christ. And all we have left is to give the sacrifice of our lips, which is thanksgiving. Which is thanksgiving. All things are for your sakes. I want to read one more scripture where Paul shows some of the results of being unthankful. If you go to Ephesians 5, y'all mind me taking my time a little bit. I'm on time. I got my, my watch here set. It's Wednesday night. It's Bible study. We're going to walk through it a little bit. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 5 and 3, it says, But fornicators and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saints. Neither filthiness or false talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather given of thanks. Now we look at that, it's kind of a strange contrast. He said fornication and uncleanness and covetousness, filthiness, jesting, foolish talk. Let it not be named not once among you as becoming saints, but rather given of thanks. Paul, I believe, trying to sum up that a righteous man can be characterized as somebody that's thankful. That's why I don't mind. I, I, I know my brothers and sisters here. I am a praiser. I don't mind dancing before the Lord because I've realized that I have a grip on the goodness of God. And I know that all things work to my good. So no matter what type of news that I get, God is in control. No matter what happens to me, God is in control. If God decides to call me home, I got little ch 
children, God is in control. I give my complete submission and trust to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in him. I give thanks through him and in him to the glory of God, my Father. That's how you know a saint that have a, 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 a correct perspective on things. If he's thankful. If he's thankful. If he's thankful. I, I was reading, I mean, that, that, I was looking at the scripture and I read it plenty of times. But the contrast of a fornicator and the uncleanness and covetousness and all these other filthy things, he said, but rather give thanks. Give thanks. See, a lot of people think it's about self-discipline or it's about what I can do and how I can try to clean my hands and present it to God. No, Jesus took care of all that. If you, if you be in him and just give thanks, be obedient. When you realize who God is and what he is in your life, you won't have to legislate anything. It'll be off a relationship. I know who God is. He's a friend that stick closer to than a brother. He's my all in all. I, I want to please him. And all I can bring is thanks. That's all I can do is thank him. You know, I, I, I consider myself to be kind of handsome, but I don't look that good. I'm not in the best of shape. I don't have a college degree. I don't have all the money in the world, but what I can do is bring a sacrifice of praise. What I can do is go and enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. I learned a long time ago, what can be shaken will be shook. Don't put your faith in that stuff. Don't put your faith in that stuff. Better hold on to God's unchanging hand. We have to hold on to God's unchanging hand. And I'm coming to my time. I'm going to go ahead and, and wrap it up. The reason why I read the scripture that I did about Jesus performing that miracle in Matthew 15, he did the same thing in Matthew 13. And if you look at the ministry of Jesus, majority of the time he performed the miracle, he either looked up to heaven, he acknowledged his father. Even at the tomb of Lazarus, he said, God, Father, I'm glad I know you hear me and I thank you. He gave thanks then. And he explained, I'm saying this because I know everybody listening, but I just want to thank you anyway, that you always hear me. All through Jesus' ministry, he always gave thanks. Even the way that he broke bread and supped with people. The Bible says when he was re resurrected, they recognized, their eyes was open because of the way he gave thanks and broke bread. Here in this story, he's seen a need these people it was a multitude following him for three days. And he was healing lame people and he was doing all these miracles and they was, they was so captivated by his power that they didn't leave. And Jesus knew it was time to go ahead and send these people away, but they haven't ate anything. 
When you're walking with the Lord, he knows what your need is. He's mindful of you. The Bible says he looked on the crowd and said, I had compassion for them. I had to feed them. He said, don't send them away fasting because they get weaker and then they'd be vulnerable to every beast and, and, and fowl or whatever that's maybe on the way. Thieves and robbers or whatever. I don't believe that you following the Lord, he will let you go without. In the book of Psalms, it says that the Lord is our shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. I believe that. And he looked upon the crowd and he, and he asked his disciples, what do, we, what do we have? What can we give them? And their response was, these seven loaves and these few little fishes. Like it was not of any significance. What can we do with these few little fishes? And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fishes, and he gave thanks. And when I was reading this, it stuck out to me that before he performed the miracle, before everybody was fed and filled and the miracle took place, he took the few little that he had and was thankful for what they gave him. I know a lot of times as a child of God, we wait till the miracle happen in order to give thanks. But I believe if we learn to give God thanks with what we do have, I think that's when the miraculous will start taking place. He took what they had. Some of us murmur and complain. But what we have. But I just want to encourage y'all tonight, be thankful for what you have. Be thankful for what you have. While I was reading this, I was thinking about the tree of life, church, and building that we're about to build and all the people that's about to come and the revival and the, the outreach and the Bible studies that we're going to teach and all the souls that's going to get touched. It's a miracle that's about to take place here. But before that miracle come, I'm getting edified and fed right now. I thank God for what we have right now. I, I don't know if it's just me. I know my brother, he stood up in prayer the other day, and he said, he, he gave an interpretation, but he, he, he came from his heart and said, I appreciate y'all, and I love y'all. I, I, I never thought I'd have that opportunity to tell y'all, but y'all are the most kindest people, he said, that I've met as far as church folks are, as far as a, a, a Bible, a believe in church. And I concur with you, brother. And I thank God for where God has placed me. I, I thank God for where God has placed me. You have to learn to give thanks for what you have before he can trust you. I, I, I just believe, and, and, and this is my crutch of my message, if you are, what, what you give God thanks for, I believe that's what he'll multiply. I think that's what God, if, if he give you something and you're ungrateful for it, you think you're going to keep, keep giving it to you? But I believe every morning when I lay hands on my children, I say, thank you, God, for protecting them. Thank you, God, for keeping your angels camped around about them. 
I just have enough faith that I think God sent two more angels. You, you keep them safe. I think when, 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 when I thank God for my roof that's over my head, I just thank him, Lord God, thank you that I have shelter. I think he prolongs that leak that probably could have started two weeks ago or two years ago. That bill, that $10,000 bill you might get. If you learn how to be grateful for what you got, I believe God will continue to multiply and stretch and, 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 and increase. I think that is a principle here that I see with Jesus. He took what they had and gave thanks. Took what they had and gave thanks. I was wondering right now this evening if I can get a church that will stand on their feet and lift their hands and give God a sacrifice of their lips. God, I know I might not be where I want to be. I might not have everything that I desire. But God, you've never left me. You never forsake me. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. And I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for life, health, and strength. I thank you, Lord God. Even in sickness, God, you're with me. I thank you for that. Hallelujah. 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 Don't get to the point to where you are grumbling and complaining. You give place to the devil. Hallelujah. When the world see us, we, we, the, the, as happy we are here on Sunday morning, we should be that happy on, at, on our job, at the grocery store. Oh, if you're in the welfare line, be a witness down there. God is good. If you're on Social Security, hey, you might be in a wheelchair, but my arms is working. God is good. Be, be content. That's godliness. The Bible said that's godliness. Be content with what you have. Don't let the devil psych you out of your miracle. Don't let the devil psych you out of your miracle. I'm just thinking it's coming to me. The man that got only one talent. The one brother got five and the other one got ten. The Bible doesn't say he looked at them and like, wow, I got this many or whatever. But he took what he had and was just satisfied with it and, you know, and buried it. I'm going to tell you, anything that God give me, I'm not going to bury. I'll put it up on the shelf and say, I, I might not get no more, but this right here, God gave this to me. I, that's enough for me to be still and know. That's enough for me to be still and know. I believe this evening that somebody is looking for the miraculous. And we know we serve a miracle working God. How many know you serve a miracle working God? I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, don't wait to the miracle. I, I, you know what? Church folks, some people preach, shout now like you got it. Shout, shout. Be, no, you don't got it now, but shout like you do. Shout like you got what you got. Be thankful for that. And then when that comes, shout some more. 
Shout some more. But I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm talking to myself. Shame on me. <laughs> Shame on me. If I come down here doing car wheels one day and they like, that brother must have got hit the lottery or something. No. <laughs> I praise God today like he's worthy. I praise him yesterday like he's worthy. Rather if he don't, he give and he take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Stay thankful. Stay thankful. Stay thankful. God, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that I have. God, I live and I move and I have my being, Lord God, because of you. It's not of myself. It's not by might nor by power, but God is by your spirit. Hallelujah. The air that I breathe is not even mine, God. It's yours, and I thank you for it. Hallelujah. Let us stay humble under your mighty hand, God, and you will exalt us, Lord, in due time. Your word is true. Your word is secure. Your word is a sure foundation. Let us stand upon that, Lord God. Lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting, Lord. Give it thanks. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody need to come to this altar and ask God to renew and revive them with a spirit of thanksgiving. Don't worry about who's looking at you. Some of y'all haven't danced before the Lord in a long time. Some of y'all haven't danced before the Lord in a long time. Some of y'all have gotten the habit of coming to church, sitting down, crossing your ankles, wave a few times, say, hey, man, and slide on right out of here. God is worthy. God is too worthy for us to sit on his praise, for us to sit on his worship, for us to sit on what we owe him. And that is a thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord.